Since Donald Trump was inaugurated almost three weeks ago, there has hardly been a day without protests. The demonstrations have been passionate and persistent. It's unclear where they'll go from here. WSHU's Leah Trusty has been covering some of the protests in Connecticut, and she joins us now along with WSHU's senior political reporter, Ebongudama. Good morning to both of you. Morning, Good morning, Tom. Uh, Leah, could you tell us about some of the protests that you've been to and what people are saying? So the first protest I attended was in Stamford the day after Trump's inauguration. It was part of the Women's March movement, and according to Stamford police, over 5,000 people were there. Lisa Boynet was an organizer of the event, and here's what she said. This is the start of a fight, and we're going to fight the Republicans and Donald Trump just like the Tea Party did. Now that's interesting. The Tea Party movements did lead to some electoral victories for conservative Republicans. Does Boyne believe they can replicate that with the Democrats? Yes, she does. Here's what she says. If we have Republicans in Connecticut that are going to be um, trying to defund the Amer- Affordable Care Act at the state level or defund Husky or, the, or Medicare or things like that, you know what I mean? If it's all trickles down to that, then, then we have to support, you know, getting Democrats in, in office. You know, Tom, there have also been weekly protests at local congressional offices. The protesters told me they want to make sure members of Connecticut's congressional delegation, who are all Democrats, stand up to Trump's agenda. Here's what Bridgeport resident Nigel Phelps said while protesting inside Congressman Jim Himes' office in Bridgeport. Get to know your local representatives, your state senators and your state House representatives, go to them, talk to them, find out when they're going to have a town hall, call them, and show up. Now that sounds like a tactic used by Tea Party organizers. Uh, Ebong, you covered some of the initial Tea Party rallies in Connecticut back in 2009. Yes, I did. And you know, back then the Tea Party didn't really take off until late spring. And uh, some of the early rallies were in Connecticut. I remember going to an early organizing event at a Fairfield diner where former Texas Congressman Dick Armey showed up. I've just talked with UConn political scientist Ron Shuren about the similarities. He says the anti-Trump organizers seem to have learned a few lessons from the Tea Party movement. Such as using congressional town hall meetings and certainly being able to command the attention of the media as a way of getting their message across. So I think that there's been some learning going on. Then does Shuren think that this will help the Democrats in the 2018 midterm elections? I asked Shuren that. Here's what he said. That remains to be seen, but in a way, the Democrats have nowhere to go but up. The Democrats have nowhere to go but up. What if the anti-Trump energy gets channeled into third-party candidates? Well, Shuren has an answer for that. I think the Democrats will really have to play their hand very badly for this to result in a third-party movement. If the Democrats hear what their base is saying and seek to incorporate the energy of the people who are protesting, I don't think it will lead in that direction, just as I don't think the Tea Party movement ultimately led to a third party uh, in opposition to the Republicans. You know, Tom, sure says we shouldn't underestimate the capacity of President Trump and his White House team to keep the fires burning on the left and to keep his base mobilized. But he feels the intense level of protest we've seen since the inauguration might dissipate a bit. Well, I guess we'll see if that happens. Thank you, Ebong. Thank you, Leah. Thank Thank you, Tom. Tom. WSHU's Ebong Odama and Leah Trustee.